everyone, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Tiffany, and you're listening to another episode of The Disney Download. Here at The Disney Download, we'll be discussing the latest Disneyland news along with sharing park tips and tricks. Plus, we'll be sharing our opinions on everything in the Disney universe. So get ready to have some fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Disney Download. We're excited because we have tons of news to share with you all today and we'll also be sharing our review of the new Pixar movie onward so let's get started with the news the first big piece of news we have today is about a new AP Magic Perks program that's going to be launching at both parks for annual pass holders so this is really exciting it's been announced that they're going to be offering some special like I was going to say deals, but they're more just like perks for anyone who has an annual pass at Disneyland. So some of these may include like an extra hour to ride select attractions, which is kind of what we saw with the Indiana Jones pass holder, like extra hour that they did. So they've already kind of been in showing us to that. There'll also be specific Disney character greetings, and you'll be able to purchase tickets to special events before other people. There'll be special food, beverage, discounts, and commemorative surprises coming our way. So I'm excited to see what that will practically look like. I'm not sure, like, if we'll have to, like, spend money. I don't think so. I think it's just going to be, like, an extra perk that we have for having our passes. I don't think you'll have to, like, buy a certain amount of food or anything like that. So, yeah, it'll be exciting to see how it actually works. It sounds like it's just all of the stuff we already get. Yeah. But they're just putting a nice, like, like name on it, so it feels like we're getting more. I don't know. I'm very interested to see how this plays out. Because, um, yeah, I feel like they used to do a lot for APs, and now they don't do as much for APs. So we'll see, um, but moving on to some Disney Plus news. So I am so, so excited about this. Uh, I was actually talking with a friend a couple of weeks ago before the news was announced about how we were talking about how she loves Gaston, and then we got off on a rant about how Gaston and LeFou should have their own Disney Plus series. Well, guess what? It's happening. The series is currently in the early development stages, but it has been confirmed that there will be a six-part musical series based on Gaston and Lafu. And the best part about this is that Luke Evans and Josh Gad will be back to reprise their roles as Gaston and Lafu. We really don't know much else about it um, related to storylines or the setting. Supposedly, it is supposed to be set prequel, so it is a prequel to Beauty and the Beast. We don't know if anyone else from the cast will be back, but honestly, I am, like, losing my mind over this. I am so excited. I absolutely loved Josh Gad and Luke Evans as Gaston and LeFou, and I cannot wait to have them on my TV at home for six episodes. Um, I think it's just going to be great. Yeah, that'll be super fun. I'm excited for that. So next we have lots of movie news this week. So the first big piece of movie news that we have today is that the new Jungle Cruise trailer has just come out. And we're pretty excited for that one. I actually didn't really know anything about what the heck the Jungle Cruise was even going to be about. So it was nice because 
this really gives you insight on what the whole plot of the movie is. So it looks like um, Emily Blunt's character is looking for like a special plant that can heal all sicknesses. And so they're basically going on an adventure to find this special plant. So I'm excited. I'm sure there's going to be some big backstory behind that in her life, I'm guessing. So I think it's going to be a good movie. It looks like it's packed with a ton of action. So we will see. Yeah, I am so excited about this movie. Uh, Like Tiff said, this trailer gives us more info about what it is about in terms of the plot outside of like, you know, teaser trailers just kind of get you excited for the film. But this one actually gave us some more like meat in terms of the story and that they're going to find this like tree plant thing. And she explains the key this time. And it sounds like the Rock's character has kind of been looking for it already. I think it's just going to be a fun fun movie it looks very kind of piracy and like romancing the stone like combo vibes so I am beyond excited to see this and then another new trailer that we got this week that I mean I'm just excited for everything right now but I'm real excited for this one we got the final Black Widow trailer and holy cow it looks so good again we got more information about the plot for this one so if you're not familiar, Taskmaster is going to be the villain of Black Widow, and he uh, basically controls the Black Widow program, and it's about her and her sister, and then her mom, and then the Red Guardian, who is like her dad figure. We still don't know how all those relationships play out, but I cannot wait for this movie. I feel like it's going to be actually probably super emotional for me, because I got super misty during the trailer goodness knows why it's probably because like my own sister relationship but I feel like this movie is going to be action-packed but also have a lot of really like good heartfelt moments in it and I cannot wait for May 3rd. I know me too I'm so excited for this one. The next movie that we're talking about today is Disney's Artemis Fowl which I have feel like I've heard that name before but not really known what it is. So the trailer for that it's is a book. Out. Yes. So I learned that. I learned that it's a book based on basically this character. He's like a young boy and his he comes from a long line of masterminds. Have you read this book? No, I haven't read the book. And I saw the, I know it was supposed to come out a while ago and then it got delayed probably because they mm-hmm. did like reshoots and stuff. Um, and so this is kind of the first full trailer that I think I've seen for it. I saw it before we saw Onward. And yeah, I don't really know much about it. I've never read the book. So it kind of gives me, like, Golden Compass vibes, but not mm. exactly like that. But continue. Yeah, it looks very, very, like, mystical. And, like, there's a lot of, like, CGI adventure <laughs> in this movie, um, which is cool. But, yeah, so he finds out that he comes from a long line of masterminds and his father's mysteriously disappeared. So he's basically, like, on a quest to go find his father. And he has, like, his sidekick, who is his butler and they like go on this adventure together so I also didn't really know anything about the movie I think it looks interesting but especially if you like I don't know I get like nutcracker vibes from this one but oh yeah that too because there's kind of like mystical creatures and Josh Gad plays some sort of character that looks kind of like Hagrid but Mm -hmm. isn't Hagrid like I don't this is actually one I'm probably not super excited about um yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah I don't know I don't know how I feel about it maybe I just don't know enough about it I'll probably we'll probably go see it and talk about it but 
yeah, I don't I just don't think I know enough about the books or the story to really have an informed opinion on it. I know I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be released at the end of last year. I don't remember what went into its plot um, or if they just decided to push it. But, yeah, I definitely know it's been delayed. So, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how we feel about it once it comes out. Yeah, that's my feeling, too. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. And then the last bit of news. So, we got a special, like, new sneak peek of Mulan. And with that came the new original song from the movie, which I think I lost my mind when I heard this. But Christina Aguilera, who if you don't remember, she sang the original closing, you know, credit song for Mulan, the animated feature reflection. And so she has brought us a new song called Loyal, Brave, and True for the live action Mulan. And not only is the song amazing, um, but I just think it is so cool that she came back. It's, gosh, I don't remember when Mulan came out but definitely more than 10 years later to sing the song for this film. And I just think that was such an amazing thing that Disney was able to like do and pull off and just feeling all the nostalgia on that. And again, the song's great as well. So I can't wait to see Mulan at the end of the month. I love that they brought Christina Aguilera back for this. I think that's really exciting. I know. It's It's just so perfect. It's just so perfect. Truly. Um, so next up, we have a ton of merch news this week. The one that I'm most excited for are the new collection of Wishables that just dropped. These ones are super fun. These are Park Snacks, which I feel like within the last couple of years, Park Snacks have been like a big thing at the parks. And these ones, so they have a bunch of different ones. The one that's out of the package is the Mickey Waffle, which was really exciting to me because that was the one I really wanted. And I had Carolyn go pick up for me. (laughs) But they have the Mickey Waffle, and they also have a popcorn. They have two little churros, a cotton candy that's, like, Mickey-shaped, and then a turkey leg, which they're all super-duper adorable, and I think, like, doing a mystery pack, I'd be happy with any of these, except maybe not the popcorn, but um, <laughs> they're all super cute, so I think... You're, you're a turkey leg fan? <laughs> um, Not really, actually, but I think the turkey leg is cute. Yeah, they're all super cute. Uh, the waffle's actually the cutest one, and uh, they seem to have lots of those in stock this past weekend at the park. Yes. Ugh, I love them. The cotton candy's really adorable, too. And the churros. Mm-hmm. I might try to shoot for the churros. We'll see. Well, um, I guess. Hopefully I don't fail you this time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to get another wishable picker person. Well, lucky for you, this entire collection, I wouldn't be sad about. Except <laughs> if, if it was the popcorn, though, I'd be kind of bummed. <laughs> well, we'll try and avoid that one. Yeah. <laughs> So the next piece of merch that we're talking about is there's a new phone case that just came to the parks. It's like a Mickey Mouse camera. So this one, it's kind of bigger. It's in the shape of a camera, but it also has a strap on it that says Mickey Mouse that you can connect to your phone case. So that one's pretty fun. And then we've also seen a bunch more kind of coming out like this. So there's also the new Mad Tea Party phone case that is really similar. It also has a strap on it that you can put on it and it has like the whole Alice in Wonderland teacup uh, print on it and then there's another one that's Stitch and it's just Stitch's face but it also has like the string that you can use so you can carry your phone as a little purse. So that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yes and then next 
this is pretty exciting. They have been dropping a bunch of like shoulder friends at the parks lately. So this one is a new Mushu plush that you can put on your shoulder. He's super cute. I have a friend who did pick him up. She said that the butt is in kind of a weird spot. Like he does kind of fall over. So I don't know, maybe just kind of keep a close eye if you do get him. I do kind of feel like most of the shoulder pals are this way though. Like my Groot and my Porger are a little bit fragile. So I just kind of like make sure that I'm watching it because I have lost before <laughs> it's like a child you gotta watch your shoulder child <laughs> uh-huh I lost my group one Don't I think I was with you and I like couldn't find it <laughs> I don't remember this I feel like you would have had like an immense panicked reaction well I found um, it maybe I wasn't with you but I think it landed in someone's stroller or I might have stolen it from a child but I'm pretty sure that was my group because I was like standing by the stroller <laughs> <laughs> or he stole it from a child. Oh my god, it's possible, but I don't think I did. I don't even know. <laughs> well, the only one I really want is a shoulder bruni, and that hasn't happened yet. So I feel like if it was gonna happen, it would have happened when Frozen Two came out, which is a no, bummer. because that that is not the Disney way. They just bring things out randomly. So yeah. one day he'll just appear, and I'll be like mine (laughs) I have my hopes for you (laughs) I will wish upon a star and it will happen (laughs) so the next thing that came out is the new Baby Yoda Pandora charm and this is a little bit fun it's basically just that it has a Baby Yoda on it with a little like navy blue background and it's super cute if I collected Pandora charms, this would definitely be one that would be on my list. I think it's really fun. Yeah, he's so cute. Also in the realm of Baby Yoda, a new plush just dropped. It is the child, and it came to Galaxy's Edge this weekend. And just as fast as it came in, it is gone. It is sold out now. So hopefully they'll restock that little baby soon because, I mean, he's kind of cute. He kind of looks like an old grandpa. But I don't know. I might still need him. Yeah, I feel like this is one of those ones that's going to be, like, just in and out of the parks constantly because people are just going to want it, and Disney knows people are going to want it, and they'll buy it. Like, I'm pretty sure people were buying, like, multiples of them and just walking around with little, like, four or five children in their arms, which is (laughs) really funny to think about. Um, So I assume it will probably be in and out of stock, and then maybe towards, like, the middle of the year, it'll probably even out in terms of being in stock a little bit more constantly. But, yeah, I feel like I need to feel him before I, like, buy him. Like, he's one of those ones that you're, like, not sure about. Like, those groups that we got, it's like you saw the photo, and you're like, oh, yes, that's coming home with me. Like, I'm just still on the fence about the child. I agree. Like, I cannot decide if I'm creeped out by him or if I love him. Probably both. Yeah, I think it's the eyes, like, because, like, Groot has, like, those stitched eyes, so they don't look really real, but I feel like the child's eyes are, like, the doll eyes, so they, like, mm. give them a more lifelike quality, and That's so then you're point. not sure. Yeah, I feel like that might be the difference, but I still feel like I have to see it in person. Yeah, I agree. Um, the last piece of merch that we're talking about today is Mulan-themed, so we will be seeing a few Mulan zippers and popcorn bucket coming to the park. The zipper is really fun. It's like in the shape of a lantern and it's red and blue and it has 
like silhouettes or art sketches, I guess, of Mulan on it. So that was really fun. The popcorn bucket, that is really cool. It's like red and I don't even know how to describe it. I think it has like kind of dragon print on the side. It also is in the shape of a Chinese lantern and it says Disney's Mulan. So that one's really fun. And then there's also going to be a travel mug which has a straw on it and it has like a, an image of Mulan herself on it. So it's really cool. If you're super into Mulan, this is going to be one thing that you'll want to grab. Yeah. So next we're moving on to new food. So we are heading into the Easter season, which means we are seeing Easter treats around the park. So at the Candy Palace in Disneyland, you can get several bunny butt treats. And yes, I practiced saying that several times, so I didn't butcher it. Um, you can get the Easter egg bunny cake pop or Rice Krispie treats at the, again, Candy Palace, Candy Palace in Disneyland. So the cake pop is a fudge chocolate, and it is encased in white chocolate and has a little bunny butt on it. And then the Rice Krispie Treat is coated in white chocolate and has marshmallow and a coconut shaving tail. These are super cute, um, very Easter-themed and fun. Then over at the Hungry Bear, you have a berry cobbler funnel cake, which looks amazing. So it is a funnel cake that is piled high with fresh strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, nuts, and whipped cream, basically all of the yummy, yummy things. Then at the Craftsman Grill, you have their hot dog of the month, which is a La Waffle Dog, which is a Belgian, Belgian waffle as the bun, along with bacon dust, maple raspberry sauce, and a lemon cream dollop. That just sounds really interesting. I don't think I'm ever going to try that. I also am very curious what bacon dust is. Is that kind of like berry dust, but with a bacon flavor? Who knows? No one will ever know. Um, also over at the Craftsman Grill, their seasonal cupcake is a St. Patrick's Day cupcake. So that cupcake looks like a little mini Mickey leprechaun. It's vanilla flavored uh, with lemon flavored frosting and has lucky horseshoes and a little hat and some ears on there. And as a surprise on the inside, there's a little pot of gold. So there are some grayish green pebbles inside that are supposed to resemble gold. But if you remember the color of gold, gold is like yellow. So that's probably more like fold gold on the inside there. Um, other things in terms of food. So this weekend we did try the Magic Happens dining package. So is it worth it? It's $40 and you get basically lunch. So the lunch is, it's like a steak, then mashed potatoes and carrots and chicken. They do have a vegetarian option, but we didn't ask about that. We failed on that front. Um, and then a little dessert, which is super cute. And then you get preferred like seating in the parade area, which is in a space just in front of the train station. And in my opinion, if you don't mind spending $40 on, you know, like a normal-ish lunch and then having a guaranteed spot for the parade, I would definitely do it. I don't think I would do it again just because it is a little pricey on the lunch side. You can use your annual pass discount so it ends up being like 30-something um, per person. Um, but yeah, I don't think I would do it more than once just because, again, that's a little on the high side for lunch and I don't mind like just sitting and waiting for the parade on whatever area of the park I feel like sitting in that day. 
And then I feel like if you're going to spend that money, you should spend it on like a character breakfast or something. Yeah, it's definitely more worth it. The character breakfasts are more fun. And yeah, the parade is like fun and it's nice to know you have like a reserved like viewing spot. But, you know, the food was good. It wasn't like my favorite meal I've ever had at Disney. So that's another reason why I probably wouldn't want to do it again. Um, and you are limited to just what is like basically it's the same thing for every dining package meal so you don't get to like uh, for some of them you basically have to pick anything that's on the menu not the case at plaza um which is fine um we kind of did this as a little experiment as well because we've never done a dining package on the disneyland side um but yeah i would honestly just find a spot to like sit for the parade of 45 minutes to an hour before the parade starts and you know just just sit and chill and like I don't know, get a snack somewhere else and eat it. That's what I honestly recommend um, in terms of this. I mean, I would try another dining package, but this one was just, eh, okay. And then in terms of food and wine, so in addition to the dining package this weekend, we did, we ate a lot at the park. Um, we did try some more things at food and wine. So I went to the LA style booth and I got the base, the beef moco loco. Um, over rice, which was actually really good. The rice was cooked perfectly. I was a little concerned because of the salmon we'd had last week. The rice was not cooked well, um, but this rice was cooked amazing. The flavor was so good. It had like a barbecue sauce and then some like crunchy, crispy bits on top, which I'm not entirely sure what those were, but I really liked that dish. I recommend getting that. And then I also tried their Amaretto cold brew um, at the LA style booth. And that was really, really good. It was kind of reminded me of like a tiramisu flavor because it has tiramisu syrup. But the combination of that with the amaretto and then the coffee, it was just like, just like iced coffee heaven in a cup with a little bit of alcohol in there. And it was just so yummy. And that's all I try at Food and Wine this weekend. And that's all I have. That sounds Really good. I want to go back and try the Locomoco. You guys made it sound so yummy. Oh, it's so good. And that one's, I think, gluten and dairy-free, right? I don't know if it's dairy-free yet, but it looks like it would be. So I'm going to find out. Yeah, there and there weren't any, like, because the sauce on there was a barbecue sauce. So it wasn't, like, a creamy sauce. Oh. I, feel like you could, I feel like you could probably have that one because, yeah, it's a lot of, like, beef, rice. I don't know what the things on top were, but those are more like kind of crispy onion things. So I wouldn't think there would be anything less gluten. I mean, not gluten, but like dairy on there. Cause I know it's gluten-free cause um, our other friend who has celiacs got it when she was here. Ooh, then I'm definitely going to have to get it. I'm glad to hear that it's actually good. Cause that watermelon thing I had last week was not good. <laughs> yeah my friend and I both got it this past weekend and we both were like yeah that's it's a good choice it's definitely worth getting at least once yay well that's good to know so we're gonna take a quick little break and come back in a second and we're gonna do a spoiler review of Onward all right we are back this is your official warning if you haven't seen onward you don't want to know spoilers you don't want to like know all the feels that we got you should end the podcast now and then come back after you've seen the movie um but we are going to get into it so like we do with every movie we're going to do a quick summary and then we are going to talk about 
what we liked, what we didn't like, just the movie in general. So um, Onward is a movie about a world that is inhabited by mystical creatures and magic is commonplace and its wielders are greatly respected. But due to the difficulty of mastering magic as well as technological advances over the years, it um, which makes a lot easier, you know, makes it a lot easier to achieve things that previously was used magic for. Um, the magical instinct and use of magic began to disappear as modern civilizations began to thrive. So they live in a time that's equivalent to modern day. And there's two teenage elves. There's Ian Lightfoot, who's basically lacking in self-confidence. And then his older brother, Barley, who is a passionate role-playing and historical fanatic. And he really wants to go on a proper adventure. Their father, Wilden, died of a really severe illness shortly before Ian was born, which left their mother, Laurel, to raise them. But since then, Laurel has gotten a new boyfriend, who is a centaur, police officer, Colt Bronco, and the boys don't like him that much, which is to be expected. (laughs) So the movie starts um, out on Ian's 16th birthday, and over the course of the day, you know, he just kind of has a rough day at school. He's trying to make friends, trying to learn how to drive. He's trying to do all these things. Um, and then Barley shows up and kind of ruins his day by, you know, wanting to go on a quest. So he gets home and Laurel gives uh, Ian and Barley a gift from Wilden, which is a magical staff with a rare gem, the Phoenix gem, and a letter describing a visitation spell that can resurrect Wilden for a single day. The boys are excited. Um so they try to bring him back to life, and Ian begins writing down a list in his notebook of things he wants to do with Wilden once they bring him back to life. So Barley tries a spell. doesn't work. You know, they all decide to leave. So once uh, Barley and Laurel have kind of left, Ian is just sitting there and starts to kind of talk the spell, and then it begins to work. Um Barley comes in in the middle of it and interferes, so only the lower half of Wilden's body is physically reformed before the gem kind of disintegrates and blows up. So they resolve to fix their mistake, and the brothers leave on a quest in Barley's beloved van, the Guinevere, to acquire another gem in order to reattempt the spell. So Laurel shortly finds uh, the boys have gone and then follows them um, to... uh, follows them on their quest, which uh, Barley has these magic cards from his role-playing game. So those were the clues that she kind of knew to follow to follow them along. So the first place they go on their quest is to the Manticore's Tavern, which is named for and run by a fearless adventurer who possesses a map to find the gem that they're looking for. Since their time has passed the tavern has become kind of a mundane family restaurant kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese kind of place Um, and the manticore Corey is the uptight manager of the place in an argument with the boys over the map Corey realizes how boring her life has become and drives the customers away in a fit of rage accidentally setting fire to the entire restaurant and the map that has where to find the gem So the brother's only clue is the children's menu that suggests Raven's Point as a possible location for the gem. So as the boys go on the hunt for Raven's Point, which they originally think is a mountain to find this gem, 
Laurel arrives at the Manticore Tavern and eventually befriends Corey, who is able to calm herself and agrees to help Laurel look for the boys. So as they're kind of like driving along, Corey warns Laurel that the brother's journey may lead to an awakening of a vicious beast, um, which she forgot to mention to Ian and Barley, um, and can only be defeated by a very special sword, which she at one point sold to a pawn shop who um, they have to go get the sword back from the pawn shop owner, which they do. Um, then Ian and Barley begin to travel out of their home of New Mush Mushroom King into a mountainous arrow where they encounter the police and a motorcycle gang of pixies. And they are all the time relying on Ian's newly awakened spellcasting abilities to kind of get them through this and also follow Barley's instincts on where the gem might be hidden based on his role-play game knowledge. So along the way, they discover that the Raven's Point is a hint um, to follow the directions indicated by a series of crow statues. However, they run into Colt as soon, shortly after they discover this, and then he calls in reinforcements, and the boys get cornered in the mountain where Barley nobly sacrifices his dear Guinevere to make a pile of rocks fall in the path of the police to stop them from catching them. Um, obviously, they are very sad by this, but they must continue on with their quest. So they then follow the crow statues until it leads them to an underground cave where they have to avoid a series of traps and deadly creatures and escape a flooding tunnel before they get to the light above. But when they surface, they realize they are right in front of their school, back in their city. Um, and this is when Ian and Barley kind of like clash and feel like they've gone on a wild goose chase that is taking them ultimately away from bringing their father back to life for a day um and so after that Ian's pretty upset because he's not going to see his father before time expires and so he kind of runs off and he's looking at his list of things he wanted to do with his father and he starts crossing off all the things because now he's not going to get to do them however as he's crossing them out he realizes that Barley has served as an effective father figure throughout his youth and through their recent quest. And so he comes back to make amends with him after having this big realization. While fending off the construction workers, Barley notices a little flower-shaped hole in the fountain. And he fills it with the rock that he took from one of the bird statues, which triggers the fountain to open and reveal that the gem was right there. And that's what they needed. So when he goes to grab it, though, the magical force begins to emerge out of it like this red fog, and it takes part of the nearby school to become a massive dragon, which charges at the gem. So Ian tries to fend it off with his staff, but is knocked from his grip and goes into the ocean, and he magnifies this little splinter that's in his finger um, and continues to fight using that. Corey flies in with Laurel who plunges the magic sword into the dragon's heart and weakens it long enough for Ian to cast the visitation spell to fully reform Wilden's body. Ian sends Barley ahead to spend time with Wilden before the spell wears off and he holds off the dragon long enough for Laurel, Laurel to destroy it. Afterwards, Barley tells Ian that Wilden is really proud of him and the brothers share a hug.
So our story ends with uh, Ian and Barley being content, even though Ian didn't have a chance to see his father face to face um, because they both have grown so much from their journey. Ian is now confident and his spellcasting skills have improved. And he eventually surprises Barley with a new grand, new van, oh my gosh, the Guinevere 2, which he recently bought and had painted with a new Guinevere and pictures of themselves. Corey reopens her tavern in the original spirit of the Manticore, drawing in customers with tales for past adventures, and the citizens of Mushroom Town to begin to reclaim their magical heritage. Um, and that's how the movie ends, and it's so cute. So, Tiff, what are kind of your overall thoughts and feelings on Onward? I only have tears. That's all. Just tears. <laughs> <laughs> but good tears. It was but good. good there were like a lot of random points where I was like, <laughs> but it was good. <laughs> I loved it. What did you think? I I agree. I thought it's just so cute and it is really original and I just love like I, I think because we kind of know what to not what to expect there were parts that I did feel were, like slightly predictable but I felt that like the story they were telling I didn't care that things were predictable like I just love like because like Chris Pratt and like Tom Holland their chemistry is just so good and Chris Pratt's so good at funny but then he's also like because he's funny then the moments when he is very like serious and has those emotional moments I think that has so much more impact because you weren't like you weren't expecting that from Barley because he's just like the fun guy um and we can talk about that a little, little bit because one of my favorite moments in the film but I just thought the overall story was so good I love I've always loved mystical magical things it's just always been one of my favorites and I like the parallels to like our world where it's like we've had so many advancements in technology but you know we kind of have lost the like mysticism and wonder and how we look at the world and I don't know I just I really like it a lot more I was already expecting to like this movie and I, I can't wait to go rewatch it and notice more things because um, I always feel a little bit overwhelmed when I see a movie for the first time um so yeah Overall, I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I know. I feel like every time I see a movie for the first time, I'm just kind of like taking it in. And the second time I find all these things like I didn't notice before. It's so good. Yeah, I I completely agree. And like technically, I, I think the thing I noticed the difference with like Pixar still, still feels very like animated and whimsical, whereas with like Frozen, I think that's what I was comparing it to in my brain when I was watching it like the animation's becoming just so more like realistic and this definitely felt more more like an animated film in a sense. Like Frozen still felt animated, but this one felt like less of a realistic animation. And I think I really like that it helped lend itself to like, you know, the mystical nature. Yeah. Which I think is really funny when you think about it because it used to kind of be the opposite where like everything in Disney was kind of just flat animation and now it's getting mm -hmm. so much better but Pixar used to really be the one that was like super realistic while everything is all the graphics are absolutely amazing it's more like you said like mystical and like imaginative which was really fun thing to see yeah I agree um and then 
the story was great. I thought it flowed really good. I, you know, you don't really know where it's going entirely. It's like going on this quest and like how far have they gone? And then it's like, oh, well, they end up back home. And like, I, I love that actually plot of the story where it's like sometimes you like think you have to go on this big, huge quest to find what you're looking for, but it's actually always been where you are. Um, and I think like that point stood out to me. That is actually what hit me. Like obviously the, mm. you know, the relationship between Ian Barley was very good. And that was obviously like the main point of the story. But I think also that kind of like, like they end their quest back home. I thought that was like, like such a subtle like point that can be so easily like overlooked. And I just really love that. And I just thought the story was great. Overall. Yeah, it was just so I agree. Fun, funny moments. And I don't know. I never felt like bored or it's like, what's going to happen next? Like it's, I don't know. It's such a fun mix of all of the all the things. Yeah, I think so too. And what I really liked about it was that they kind of dealt with like different family dynamics, which I thought was really cool. Like, um, I guess you could really like they talked about the dad that got sick, and it was just the mom with the two boys. But you could really look at that from a number of like ways like a lot of people have sick family members and you can relate on that since if you do or a lot of people are missing people from their life who just weren't present like I know um, my husband and his little brother like they're just not around their dads very often and so it was kind of like reminding me of them the whole time because uh, my husband's like a lot older than his little brother and so like he kind of like helped out a lot with him just like in this movie and so it was like hit me right in the soul because I'm like oh my gosh but I know that's the case for a lot of people and so I thought it was really cool that they like brought that aspect in because I know a lot of people can relate yeah it's a very like not traditional like family and I think because they set it in this like mystical world where you know you've all these different creatures and so it's less about like you know ethnicity and like types and they're all just kind of like these creatures that are all like living in this world and dealing with the same things like we deal with so like it's very easy for it to like touch everyone and not just feel like it's like oh well it's like it's this segment of a like population that like this story is being told to like I think because it's like you know, like I said, they're elves, they're mystical creatures, they don't actually exist, like, it's easy to, like, connect, for everyone to connect to these characters mm-hmm. that they created, and I just think it's such an original idea and such an original story, I really liked it, and then obviously, like, the voice talent they got is just so good, Tom Holland and Chris Pratt are, like, my favorites, and I just, I love you can tell that there were parts that they, like, recorded together, and even the parts they didn't record together, they just have just, I think, such a good rapport from, like, working together, obviously, in Infinity War and, like, Endgame or, you know, the MCU that I think that helped carry it over. And they, I think, have a very, like, almost, like, familial bond. And I think that really helped the story and feeling like these are actually, like, two brothers that are, like, going through this stuff together. Yeah, I agree. So what was your favorite moment or scene from the movie oh, there's just like so many I like um I think some of my favorites I really liked um the part where I don't think the car broke down but it was after it was after the scene where they had like pretended to be their new dad 
and like Ian that to keep the cell going, he had to always tell the truth. And then he lied about how he saw blood barley. And so they like pull over on the side of the road and the, the music's on in the car and they're like arguing, but then like, you know, the door opens and their dad's just there like dancing to the beat and then they all come out and dance. And I just thought that was such like just a cute moment, like in between it being like very real where these brothers are trying to like deal with something. It's like, they get to have this like moment with their dad together, even though their dad wasn't fully there. Um, I like that one a lot. That one got me a little teary eyed. And then when Barley was talking about, cause you know, Chris Pratt's the funny guy. And then when he has that really serious moment when they're floating on the cheese puff, <laughs> which is kind of funny in itself. Um, and he's talking about his fourth memory with dad. And it's like, Oh, like you actually, you've always said there's only three there's actually four and how he regrets not saying goodbye to his dad and then that moment when Ian actually is like no like you go say goodbye to dad like you know you kind of like fix Mm -hmm. this you know thing that has always bothered you and I think those are some of my favorite moments like I did feel there were some parts that was like oh like I knew Ian was gonna check things off his list and like things like that I kind of knew were going to happen but like that moment I really like wasn't expecting and that whole end battle I thought was great with like Ian becoming more confident as like a little elf guy um those are some of my favorite moments and obviously there's just some very funny parts I love the part when Barley was teaching Ian where they had to merge onto a highway and like Barley's the little guy who's like yelling in his ear um I think I laughed so hard during that like scene with them driving. I like loved that. Um, so yeah. What about you? Um, mine is kind of random, but like in the very beginning of the movie when he's has Ian has zero confidence and he's just like, okay, I'm going to do all of the things. And then he just kind of like, <laughs> isn't ready for any of them. Like when he's like merging on the freeway and he's like, I'm not ready. And like, that's exactly what I did at driving school. And I was like, no, when I didn't do it. Um, and like when he, oh, it's so sad when he goes to invite his friends to his party, he's like, do you guys want to come? And I fully expected them to be like, Ew, who are you? But they weren't jerks. They were just like, yeah, we'll come. But then he just like <laughs> embarrasses himself and the same so like he gets all this pen on his face and the day I went to see it I did the same thing like I wrote on my hand and got <laughs> pen on my face and I was like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, you are you are Ian. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So just those like dumb things and then his brother comes in and embarrasses him and it's like yeah, your family embarrasses you and you're not that cool. Like, I don't know, it was really funny. Um, but like the part that made me cry too was also like when he was sitting on the cliff and he's like realizing that Barley was like his father figure and like they're like little babies and <sighs> that one really got me. And the Cheeto scene. My husband said he started crying at the Cheeto scene. When I mean, the t- Cheeto scene. Yeah, yeah, like that one. That I think that was my unexpected cry moment. Because, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, like Chris Pratt is just so good at being just over the top and funny. And, but then also in like that moment, he's also like, just the most like vulnerable character and just the range in that and I, you just aren't expecting it so that made me cry I did tear up and I cried a little bit the cliff scene but then the part that really like got me with like the like 
like, and we were really crying was um, when Ian was like, no, you go talk to dad. Mm-hmm. And then that's the part where he, like, defeats the dragon, and then he can, like, see them through the, the thing, and then oh. dad's going to need to give you a hug. Like, that whole part, that was when I was just, like, you know, just all of the tears. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I agree. Another part that got me that I was not expecting was in the very beginning when um, he, like, goes to get a burger, and the guy's like, I knew your father, and he's, like, telling him all about it, and he's like, tell me more. I don't know why, but I was just like, <gasps> And I just started crying because <laughs> I know he didn't I got anything. I know. And then when he was listening to like the tape of his dad, and then he like had like he had the conversation. It's like you know he listened to that tape so many times, and he was so desperately like wanted to have a conversation with his dad. Like that part got me a little like choked up too. I know. Gilbert looked at me at that part and he just shook his head. He's like, I hate this movie, but I love it. <laughs> like, I, know. <laughs> I know. It's so it's just so good. I can't wait to watch it again. Um but was there anything that you like didn't like about the movie? So um oh no, not really. I mean I guess I would say those little like um, motorcycle creatures. I kind of hated them, but the pixies. Yeah, but I feel like it was kind of it. I don't know. It was part of the story, so. But those things made me itchy. <laughs> yeah, they were just fine. I didn't care about them either way. They did give us the theme of him teaching him how to drive, so they were necessary. Yeah. I guess they probably were necessary. Um, I mean, there really wasn't anything that. I I disliked I think the thing for me because I I I feel like I'm a fairly perceptive like movie TV goer like there's a lot of times I'll like be able to like guess things about movies and like like how did you like know that like I don't know it was pretty clear um but I think just like you know when Ian made his list it's like oh he's gonna like check it off I originally kind of thought that it was like oh, he's going to, like, look at it, and he'll realize that even though he might not have spent the whole day with his dad, like, he still got to, like, drive the uh-huh. I thought that, too. Because, like, I thought it was going to be his dad, but then it was, and I, I liked the barley twist. Um, yeah. I don't like this about the movie, um, so I think that's the win. Um, maybe in, like, a second viewing, I'll be like, oh, I, I don't like that. But I don't think there's really anything. I mean, I guess maybe I, guess I would change that. Like, I feel like the cops should have had, I don't know, maybe more of like a, a connection with the boys by the end of the movie. But like, they seem fine. But I would have thought that they would have like made more of a big deal out of that. I don't know. Yeah, and it, it wasn't, like, super clear at the beginning that he was, like, actually their stepdad. Like, I just, like, thought he was her boyfriend Yeah, kind of thing. Like that wasn't super clear, um, but again, I don't, I don't hate that that wasn't like super clear. It's just yeah. it's like, oh, like maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention, and she had a ring, and it was, I don't know. It probably could have been just like a little like detail that I missed, but yeah, that wasn't like super clear. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, really can't say there's anything that I thought like sucked. 
I thought they were very smart with the detailing, like with the dragon, like because the dragon was the school's mascot when it like became like the rock monster. They actually yeah. put the dragon face on the front, like little things like that. It's like it's very smart and very clever, and I like it. It's cute. Go see it. Go cry. Pixar, so you'll just always cry. But do you have any other final thoughts before we wrap up this? No, I agree. Everyone needs to go see it and cry a little bit. And yeah, it was just a great movie. Yeah, go brave the coronavirus and see this movie. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> if we did it, you can do it too. Yes. Go see it. We'll be back next week with lots more news for you guys. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Disney Download. If you want to stay up to date on all of the park happenings, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Diz Download. And if you love the Disney Download, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and be sure to leave us a review. We hope you have a magical day and we'll see you next week for another episode of the Disney Download.